Let's get down to business. Welcome to Profits and Purpose, a Colorado Business Roundtable production that unapologetically tells the stories of business is good through conversations with Colorado's business leaders. Please welcome your host, the president of the Colorado Business Roundtable, Debbie Brown. Thanks for joining us today. I'm so excited to welcome Megan Piper to the Colorado Business Roundtable podcast because Megan actually is on our team and has not been on before, and she is our Workforce and Immigration Policy Director. So welcome, Megan. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. This will be fun. We'll tell everybody in our network what you were up to as far as workforce and immigration. But before we jump into all that, tell us a little bit more about your journey. What brought you to Colorado? A little bit more about your background. I've got, I've got your bio in front of you, which I don't want to read, but tell, tell everybody a little bit more about you. Well, uh, first and foremost, I am originally from Iowa, born and raised. Um, and I usually, when people ask me how I've gotten into this business, if you will, um, Basically, when I was 11 years old, uh, I decided that I wanted to become a lobbyist. True story. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, true story. And uh, yeah, so it was the first time that I had watched. I was a very precocious child, uh, and it was the first time that I had watched American President, and I fell in love with Sidney Ellen Wade and this concept that you could advocate for something you care about with people who are making decisions. And so, yeah, it had an impact on me. I love that movie. We need to rewatch that. I agree. That's a great idea. And uh, so, yeah, that's kind of how I. (laughs) Wow. At age 11 in Iowa. And Iowa is a big political state, obviously. So probably politics were front and center. Very much so. And so I was really lucky to be able to get involved at an early age, uh, actually actively involved, not just as a child. Uh, in high school, even on campaigns and things like that. And so I was fairly active and no surprise, I went to school to get a poli-sci degree uh, to be able to lobby. And I was convinced I could do it without a law degree. I did not want to go to law school whatsoever. And so I went to Iowa State University, got my poli-sci degree, and was lucky enough to get a couple internships, um, some out in D.C. and then in Iowa. And once school was over, one of those internships turned into an actual position doing government affairs work. So it was just the stars aligned for me, really. And did that work for the next six years. And two of my mentors at the time were both professors at Drake Law School, which is in Des Moines, Iowa. And so I they were, this is going, yeah. That's how <laughs> so they spent about six years convincing me I should go to law school. And I, I think it was one day I was just complaining about something and wanting a different client who knows. And so my mentor was like, you're taking the LSAT. And I had five weeks and I took the LSAT and got accepted into Drake, uh, which was great for me because I wanted to continue lobbying uh, and actually did do some work that first year of law school, which is a terrible decision. And absolutely nobody should ever do that. They tell you not to don't. (laughs) And then, so I went through law school. I thought I was going to end up doing lobbying, but while I was there, I was connected in with this really great public affairs firm and was doing some contract work with them. And once I was done with school, they needed general counsel work, but also some account work. And so they offered me a position and I was able to learn a ton about uh, 
business legal work. Uh, it was amazing. I mean, that's school in and of itself. And uh, then also doing account work. So I was working on issues from tax reform to energy issues, human trafficking, uh, and then immigration reform. And so I was really lucky to work with this incredible group that is uh, works nationally on immigration reform. It's group uh, started by mayors and business leaders across the country came together and they wanted to work on reform from a business and economic standpoint. So I got to do all of that work with them, left that firm uh, last fall and ended up doing more public affairs work and consulting work and things like that and got connected in with the group that provided a grant to business roundtable um and i ended the rest up getting, is history the rest of history yeah 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 which i can certainly get into all of that detail too but uh that's kind of how my crazy niche of a position has sort of uh made sense yeah, i love that and i and i really like that you have sort of the broad public policy experience before you got really specialized into workforce and immigration and of course joined our team first part of the year which has been really wonderful and it has never really been top of mind for me as far as workforce and immigration but the more I've worked with you Megan and talked with uh, the private sector on what it means to them I find the issue so fascinating and particularly in terms of uh, what solutions might be coming from the private sector looking forward. So tell us a little bit more about the grant in general. What's your, what are your goals um, in terms of immigration and workforce policy? Sure, sure. So, well, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Before I started working with that organization, you know, five or six years ago, I didn't know anything about, well, really, I mean, I kind of could have a conversation about immigration, but I certainly had no idea the impact that it had on the business community and learning all of that information. I mean, some of the data that's out there is jaw dropping. And once you start to learn it, you can't unlearn it. And I become really passionate about it. So uh, because of that work, when I was doing consulting last year, I got connected in with the Chan Zuckerberg initiative and they are this really great uh, philanthropy organization that was started back in 2015 by Priscilla Chan and Mark Zuckerberg. Their initiatives included criminal justice reform, science, education, uh, and a variety of other issues. And then in this last year, they decided to expand into immigration reform. And because of my work, I was involved in a project here in Colorado this last year to help determine what would be some creative grant opportunities. The approach was to spend months meeting with many, many business stakeholders across uh, the state of Colorado to really get a feel for what was going on, what kind of efforts existed, what holes potentially existed when it came to advocacy in the business community, and what would potentially make sense from a grant opportunity perspective. And early on, one of the conversations that was had was to create a position within the business community. Nothing like that had ever been done. You know, there's rarely a situation where there's financial capacity or bandwidth from a time standpoint to have someone within the business community solely focus on such a specific issue. And that was discussed in every single meeting with each stakeholder and everyone really liked it. Um, and the approach was just, you know, if you don't like it, tell us. If you do, let us know what would make sense. And 
So through these conversations, uh, things sort of started to play out of what would make sense for this particular position and a potential place to house it. And CZI also loved it. And so uh, the decision was made that the Colorado Business Roundtable made the most sense, obviously an incredible membership and have been actively engaged in the issue over the last several years. And so Cobert spent months putting a grant application together. It got approved. And part of that, you know, grant was to obviously hire somebody. And I was unbelievably blessed to be able to be the one that got hired. So I get to be a part of this, you know, dream position. And um, I love Colorado. My family loves Colorado. So being out here is already great. Uh, and then to be that's able to like a here, bonus in itself, right? <laughs> and the job is in Colorado. Yeah, so. Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as great as Iowa is, don't get me wrong. But um, yeah, I couldn't be I couldn't be happier that I'm That's here. great. And yeah. it's been fun having you on board. And how, how does the grant compare to the work that you had been doing on immigration and workforce previously? Something that's different and unique is that this position is not only new to the business roundtable, but it's, it's a new concept completely. Nobody's ever done this. The ability to be able to be a entrepreneurial about our thought process and how we approach things and how um, we have direct access to local company representatives, local community leaders, local uh, elected officials, uh, and business stakeholders from different organizations and trade associations that we can have the capacity to actually create a very locally grown engagement and communications plan when it comes to educating the Colorado public uh, as well as elected officials on the impact um, directly and indirectly to not only the business community and the economy here in the state, but their own lives um, each day. So it's a very unique position. And, you know, at Covert, we're really uh, lucky to have a chance to be able to, you know, come up with some really creative outside of the box ways to talk about, you know, this issue that it's, that's existed for a while. Yeah. And I think you mentioned what's interesting about Cobert is that we represent the private sector and in some ways, larger businesses, larger employers in Colorado. And when I think about immigration to me, Megan, I don't know about you. Sometimes I think, oh my goodness, it's such a controversial issue. For some reason, it's kind of a lightning rod issue. And so when you and I have talked about it, we sort of frame it in the realm of workforce and think about it in terms of talent pool. Like how do we find talent that our companies need to grow and thrive in a global economy? So tell me how immigration in your mind is more of a workforce issue as far as this grant in particular is concerned. You know, it's not obviously um, until you really get into the issue, you hear that and you're like, how could that possibly make any sense? But at the end of the day, there are industries, especially here in Colorado, that are facing critical shortages, you know, positions that they need to fill. And that's... I would even throw in, I think what we're finding just from looking at your work, it's not just, you know, folks who need laborers in the ag field, it's high tech, you yeah. know, that it's just all across the board. I think people have sort of their tunnel vision on what it looks like from a workforce perspective, but it really has opened my mind to all the areas where immigrants play a really key role in Colorado. Yeah, it's huge. And I mean, for example, we want to talk about high tech. Um, you know, there's a lot of rhetoric about um, taking, creating a competition uh, 
among immigrant workers and U.S. born workers. But the reality is that there is no competition. There are so many open jobs that just simply cannot be filled by U.S. born workers. For example, uh, computer science. So 67% of all STEM jobs are in computing, pretty major. And then in Colorado, get ready for it, there are 19,678 open computing jobs just in Colorado. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yep. So it's two point, that. exactly, exactly. And uh, in 2018, you know, you have CU Boulder. And so you think there's going to be so many uh, that are graduating with these degrees and down to CSU as well. There's 1,266 graduates with computer science. Yeah. Hmm. So um, there's a huge demand for a lot of these positions. And there's just simply not enough workers within the United States that are capable of um, taking on these jobs. So it's just an inadequate labor pool. Well, and especially I think one of the things you found with talking to the private sector is looking out 10, 20 years, mm-hmm. you know, the solution um, seems more apparent, perhaps as far as what we're going to need in terms of talent pool coming into the United States. So thinking of that, Megan, what would you say is your biggest opportunity as you think through the work that you're going to be doing in Colorado? You know, as you look through what's what's a big win for you as far as what you might learn about the private sector, how you might send that information to Coloradans in general? Like what's, what's your biggest opportunity? Sure. Well, I think, uh, you know, there are a lot of pieces of information, like what I just provided. And there's a shock factor that comes with it because not only average citizens don't realize that information, but actual company representatives and business leaders don't know that. Um, And so to me, a huge win is simply getting to a point where the business community itself already feels like it has all of the tools and are educated to be able to have the conversation and don't have to shy away from it and recognize, you know, it is a workforce conversation. It isn't, you know, just um, talking about immigration, which can obviously uh, run into some issues, just depending on who you're talking about or talking to, because it gets a little polarizing. Um, but it is a workforce issue, and it's also an economic issue here in the state. Um, you know, these immigrants are paying taxes. They actually pay $5 billion in taxes back in 2018 was the number. Um, huge spending power. So to me, education is key. Uh, if we can walk away uh, by the end of this year and just feel like the business community uh, and our elected officials feel more comfortable having the conversation and understanding how big of a workforce issue it is, that's a win. So you've got a lot of months left for this particular grant and some of the goals that you've got in place are really incredible. And so I think we'll want to circle back with you in a couple months to hear more about what you've discovered, what your next steps are. But for now, as you're talking to people who might be listening to the podcast, who are business owners, entrepreneurs, work for large businesses, is there anything some of our Cobert partners can do to get involved Do you need more feedback from the private sector, for example, for your work? What can we give them in terms of action? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked this. So one of the major components of this grant in my work this year is a research aspect. And so we are having meetings uh, individually and as groups to talk about uh, what impact the system has had on your ability to meet workforce needs of your company representative 
or your members if you're a trade organization, or you directly if you're an immigrant who is receiving a work visa, uh, and how what challenges you run into. So if you have uh, are working with a company and you know that you're facing workforce needs and are being impacted by the system, please contact me. I would love to talk to you. We're just trying to wrap our arms around what's going on on the ground here in Colorado so that we can best create an engagement plan that makes sense locally. Uh, and if you have any questions about it, you know, or want to learn some more information so you can talk about it, you know, I'm always available. I would love to. Well, I think that's perfect. And we'll be sure to put your contact information with the podcast so people can reach out to you. And, you know, there really is, you know, there are only a few key things that really help businesses thrive. But I think most business businesses would say workforce, talent acquisition, talent pipeline is so critical to current and future success. Yeah. So um, the grant just seems like it becomes more important every day. Don't you think, Megan? Couldn't agree more. You know, I think especially even after COVID, doing whatever we can to help our job creators thrive and be globally competitive is, you know, that's what we're here for. That is. And well said. So again, thank you to Megan Pfeiffer, who is our Director of Immigration and Workforce Policy for Colorado Business Roundtable. And we look forward to having some of our private sector employees and employers reach out and give you some feedback. So thanks again, Megan, for joining us. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I look forward to talking to everyone. And thank you everyone for joining the Colorado Business Roundtable podcast, Profits and Purpose, where we represent the views of the private sector here in Colorado and unapologetically tell the story of business. This has been a presentation of the Colorado Business Roundtable. Be sure to check out all of our episodes on Podcatchers Everywhere at cobrt.com. Our technical producer is John Ekstrom and Deaf Communications. Thank you for listening to Profits and Purpose.